0: This evening, I'd, I'd like to offer you a, a guided compassion, loving kindness practice. And I know I, I know I made this whole statement today about lying down. Well, guess what? I wanna invite you, if you'd like to lie down, you're welcome to do that. <laughs> um, and it's fine if you, if you don't, but just uh, get in your really comfy, Comfy spot, enough so that at least you can hear. Wow, we even get to see a view of lying down. It's so great, isn't it? It's like here we are in community reclining. And fine, of course, if you prefer not. So I'll just say uh, briefly, um i suspect many of you know this but for those of you who may be uh, newer to this particular tradition of um, meditation practice vipassana tradition the um there's there's what's called four brahma viharas brahma that's the pali language uh that was used at the time of buddha brahma means uh, divine and vihara means home or vihara brahma vihara divine home, they're also called the divine abodes. And those four are, uh, they're they're often listed in this order, even though one can practice with any or all of them. So there's loving kindness practice. Uh, Elisa mentioned that earlier today. The loving kindness is that unconditional, warm, kind regard for oneself and others without, uh, stipulation without expectation um, that's what makes it unconditional it's the, the heart that is open to to all beings all things and the second is uh, compassion and compassion is a, is the heart that uh, responds to pain and sorrow it's uh, it's the heart that quivers um, it's often described as a um, heart is so tender that it can feel a fly land on it. So it, it quivers with compassion, not with pity or rejection, but with a sense of compassion for suffering. Again, that can be offered for oneself, for others, uh, for all beings. The third is called appreciative joy. And that is an interesting practice. We're not going to be doing that tonight, but that's an interesting practice where we actually consciously delight in the, the joys of another. It's really a counter to this sense of separation and a counter to jealousy, even a, a counter to envy. It's like the full-hearted joy of another's joy, another's success. And the fourth is equanimity, equanimity, of course, being the heart-mind that can be with life fully as it is without resisting or grasping. Equanimity, you might say, has all the others within it. So that said, as you find yourself settling into your posture, whether it's reclining or sitting or even standing, I thought I would draw on the, the winds of Elisa's talk. She mentioned Naomi Shihab Nye, who's a pastel. Palestinian-American poet, and maybe in the, uh, in the elder category, I, certainly, I don't usually think of myself as elder, but the more you work with younger people, the older you get, you are. So she's in her late 60s. So I want to just read just one part of the poem that Alisa was referring to and then lead us into our guided practice. Before you know kindness as the deepest thing inside, you must know sorrow as the other deepest thing. You must wake up with sorrow. You must speak to it till your voice catches the thread of all sorrows, and you see the size of the cloth. Then it is only kindness that makes sense anymore, only kindness that ties your shoes and sends you out into the day to gaze at bread. Only kindness that raises its head from the crowd of the world to say, it is I you have been looking for, and then goes with you everywhere, like a shadow or a friend. So friends, we'd like to call on this sense of kind, open, receptive attention as you feel your body resting, relaxing, releasing, just in whatever way feels just right for you. So we're just calmly and gently letting go of any distractions. Maybe bringing your attention just to the posture itself so you can feel like that slug Elisa described. Maybe you can feel that sense of earth under your body. Support underneath you, whether you're lying or sitting standing. And just notice how you can soften into that release into that support and how that might even allow the breath to expand, widen. perhaps there's even a field of permission if you will self permission it's okay it's okay to just be just be exactly how it is right now Dropping away of should, where it needs to be, where I need to be. It's just like this, however, this is right now. just receiving that warmth of permissiveness of allowing of receptivity that's coming from your heart to your heart to your whole being now if you find that and this can certainly happen in these practices If you find that even the sound of my voice is bringing up the opposite feeling. If you find there's a fire in the mind or or, uh, not liking or struggle. So this isn't about changing that. Correcting that. We can just maybe widen the feel so that even that is met with receptivity. Letting go of the story around it. And just a warmth of care allowing. It's just like this right now. And if anything I suggest is not suitable for you, you can just let it drop away and just rest in that warm field of care for your being. Just letting the words be in the background. if it feels suitable for you to call now to mind something that's difficult for you in your life, and it doesn't have to be an elaborate story. Actually, you might just notice what arises with even this suggestion. You know, for some of us, it might be uh, just the reality of aging and whatever that, brings with it in terms of our body changes or perhaps there's a certain circumstance in your life right now that's challenging perhaps it's some aspect of your being that feels unacceptable to you or that you struggle with judge And whether it is emotional or physical or mental, see if you can actually just find where you feel that in your body, wherever that is, where you feel that. Maybe it's in your head or your neck or your heart area or your shoulders, your belly legs could be any any part of your being just just noticing wherever you feel that even if it's a mental struggle chances are you'll feel some sense of that in your body and in your own privacy right now this is your own private space of practice right now because we're all inward in our own beings. If you'd like you can place a hand on that area if you're able to reach it. Just a gentle touch or you might find that both hands are wanting to to touch your body to to meet this arising, whatever's there. And notice as you do that, that you can relax in your arms and shoulders so that, that, that there's no holding of tension. There's just this gentle touch, this gentle resting of the hand. and notice the receiving aspect feeling the warmth contact the receiving of that warmth in your hand or your hand if this is feeling difficult just taking your own trusting your own wise knowing with what's right for you for some calling up this sense of compassion for whatever pain in our hearts, our bodies. Sometimes it's, it's difficult, it's hard to access it. It can feel like a wall or a barrier. So we can just include that. Bring that tenderness and care to that. And you might even call on Someone who loves you easily. Someone who it's easy for you to receive their love. Now for some of us that may be someone who's no longer living. I often can conjure up my, my grandmother. I can feel that very tangible feeling of her complete love for me, fortunate to have that. Some of us haven't. don't have grandparents like that or haven't had. And so you might, you could call on a beloved animal or a teacher, therapist, or, or a goddess, or the Buddha, or Tara, Mary. a noble one that holds us unconditionally with love, with compassion, no part left out. And if you can't find anyone, make them up. And just breathing in this care for this pain for sorrow or difficulty, challenge. It's a beautiful phrase with all of these um, Brahma Viharas. there are phrases that we can offer ourselves. And one for compassion is very simple. I care about this pain. I care about this pain. Well, if, if words are useful, If they get in the way, if I care about this pain gets in the way, you don't need it. And as you're relaxing into receiving this care, if this, if there's energy for this, and just notice you can just check in with yourself. Take all the time you need. Just in your mind's eye now, or perhaps in this field of energy, because even though we're practicing together on a screen, we're It's so much more than that, isn't it? We're with each other. We're with ourselves. We're with each other. So if you'd like, you can just imagine that wish of well-being or that wish of care extending now out to the other yogis on this retreat the other beings all of us in this circle just as i wish to be free from this sorrow in my life so may you be free with whatever you struggle with may you be free from any added difficulty to that challenge whether it's self-judgment or Non acceptance. I may not know what your struggle is, but I know by virtue of being human that at times you struggle. I care about your pain. And just noticing in that wish, if if that is coming freely for you, for others, notice how you actually can stay quite connected to your own body, quite connected. Feeling that sense of touch. And just as you're shifting from that sense of compassion, maybe really can switch into a, just a different quality of wishing oneself well. May I be peaceful. May I be at ease. May I meet myself with tenderness, care, wisdom, love. May I appreciate the joys in my life. May they continue. And just as I wish for this peace, this ease, Joy. I wish that for you? May I dwell in this field of unconditional kindness. May all beings. Be held in the unconditional heart of kindness and love and well being. So just breathing with that and so allowing whatever's there to be present for you. <clears throat> I'd just like to close this, this session with the words of another sage, a young sage, a 22 year old African-American woman who stood before all Americans on January 20th, and offered her a poem called The Hill We Climb. That is Amanda Corman. I'm going to just read a little piece of the end of her poem. Um, with all due respect, I will not recite it in the beautiful way she recites her poetry. These are the last few lines of this poem she offered to the United States at a very needed time. We will rebuild, reconcile, and recover. In every known nook of our nation, in every corner called our country, our people, diverse and beautiful, will emerge battered and beautiful. When day comes, we step out of the shade, aflame and unafraid. The new dawn blooms as we free it, for there is always light. If we're only, if only we're brave enough to see it. If only we're brave enough to be it. The new dawn blooms as we free it, for there is always light. If only we're brave enough to see it, if only we're brave enough to be it. you. I hope that served you in some way. I'm just going to turn this over to
1: Bibiana. Thank you, Regina.
0: maybe Bibiana I I just want to say a little bit actually I just realized that because you know when when we're when we're practicing together and sometimes a a practice like that can bring us really really into a deep place it's not a you know I'm not saying that because it should or I'm just saying that it can and if it if if somehow you're feeling right now quite open and Sensitive or maybe just even relieved—I <laughs> don't know—but just as we shift into listening to Bibiana see if you can stay with your own body. This is really key. That—that's really the most one of the most profound loving-kindness practices there is. To just stay with your body, stay with your breath, stay with that field of energy as you just receive the offering uh, from Bibiana and. Uh, That will serve you well, I I do believe.
1: Thank you. We are very pleased that you have chosen to be here with us for this retreat. Thank you all for your practice. I would like to share some words about Dana. Following the 2,600 years old Buddhist traditions. The teachings are considered priceless, and so they are offered freely. We practice dana or generosity by offering a donation for the teacher, the teachings. Dana is not a payment for goods or services, but it comes from the heart. Your generosity is a voluntary contribution that supports not only the teachers. But also the sangha, the larger community of the Dharma, and your own practice. Maybe we can remove the, the slide uh, now, and it's, it's, it's maybe nicer for me to to see to see people. Thank you. Generosity was the first uh, teaching of the Buddha. And it's also considered the foundation or gateway for the essential qualities that we are invited to develop and cultivate in this spiritual path. Dana allows us to practice an uh, an attachment while associating the experience with joy. Our heart open when we think about giving, when we give and when we remember the act of giving. This ancient practice can also connect us to an inner feeling of abundance and a wholesome intention for our own and others spiritual growth and involvement. Generosity has been practiced in many ways during this weekend. You have given yourself the gift of being in retreat The generosity of your family, friends, or colleagues uh, made it possible for you to be here. And your commitment to this practice supports everyone else in the retreats, as well as the presence of others supports you in your practice. In order to be able to offer Buddhist teachings and retreats, Teachers who aren't totally reliant on teacher Dana for the sole income, for, for their sole income have to adjust with their other schedules to a reduced capacity due to the commitment. I'm sorry. They, they have to adjust their schedules to a reduced capacity due to their commitment to offering the Dharma. This commitment not only involves retreat teaching itself, but continued time for ongoing training themselves, uh, numerous hours preparing the retreats, as well as serving on teacher's councils and uh, various committees in their own meditation centers. While each of these teachers here, Jean and uh, Alisa, have practices as as psychotherapists uh, in order to teach they. Keep their practices to a minimum, unlike other folks who are full-time in that profession. Jean and Eliza generously offer us their knowledge, their experience, their time and attention freely to guide, support and accompany accompany our practice. Jordana will support them in their teaching activities and livelihood, so they may continue to uh, participate in this mutual exchange of generosity and abundance. When I first started practicing, I had difficulty understanding this practice. I would ask myself, I just pay the registration fee, why would I pay more? Uh, The registration fees support True North Insight, TNI in our mission to make these activities available to everyone, regardless of means. They cover operation costs and salaries of the staff. In the Buddhist tradition, teachers are not paid. They are supported by the community. This has been happening for over two and a half centuries and in a successful way. These teachings have been kept alive and are accessible today to us thanks to this system of generosity. And yet this practice feels unfamiliar to us. We are not used to this in our modern world. I also like the idea that this system demonstrates the possibility of a different kind of economy, an alternative way of relating to each other outside the logic of Consumer, consumer society and capitalism. Some people may ask, how much should I give? In that sense, I invite you to do a little exercise with me. Please close your eyes and take a deep breath. Reflect on the beauty and integrity of generosity. Reflect on the value of receiving direct teaching from life knowledge keepers. Reflect on what you are receiving during this weekend and on what you will be keeping with you after it is over. Reflect on your own financial situation. Place a hand in your heart, on your heart. Take another big breath and check with your heart and mind what amount feels consistent with your situation and expressive of your aspiration. If you have little, give a little. If you have more, give more. If If you have plenty, give a lot. Your generosity supports the teachers, the Sangha, the larger community, and your own practice. Together, we keep the teachings alive so we can offer them as a gift for future generations, in the same way that they have been offered to us by our ancestors. On a practical side of things, uh, for this retreat, Dana is being collected for the teachers by TNI. You have received the link on the email that you received yesterday, two hours before our first gathering. And you will also receive a reminder on Monday morning. For administrative reasons, we ask you to give before next Sunday March 7, thank you for your generous attention. So I think we have a break now, uh, and then we'll come back for this session. Maybe, Jean, you want to? Sure. Thank you. Thank you so much, Pibiana. That was, that was very
0: beautiful, very beautifully offered. It, it made me, it put me in touch with what, what it feels like to, um, it just made me think of my teachers, you know, and joy, uh, just the the, the joy uh, in giving to them and also the deep power of receiving. It it goes back centuries, so we're just part of that flow. So thank you. It's beautiful. Lisa, did you want to say anything?
2: Uh, I, I echo what you just Chair, Jean, I was really moved by your guided meditation and also um, really touched by the generosity in Bibiana's talk, actually, about Donna. And, um, just, you know, nature, even though the Dharma is a teacher for me, my biggest teacher is nature. And everything in nature Thrives and flourishes by giving and receiving. Mm. You know, when I think about the sun, you know that you referenced in Amanda Gorman's poem, the sun doesn't shine on trees and flowers in order to give them light or sustenance. It just shines because it is. That's what it does. And I, I feel like, um, like we, we too have that capacity. To be in the flow of that giving and receiving, which n- makes nature flourish, allows nature to flourish. So, um, yeah, just mm. to, to drop that in. Mm. Thank, you both.
0: Thank you. Can you hear my dog? <laughs> That's Maddie. She's just echoing what Elisa just said, that's all. (laughs) Hmm. Uh, So this evening's sitting, um, our our closing sitting is absolutely optional. If you you feel like, okay, I'm calling it a day, that's fine. If you would like to come back, uh, both Elisa and I, we each have a chant that we will chant and you'll be on mute, and you can you can chant along with us, and then we'll do a short sit after that. So I think the whole session is half hour. Is that right, Lisa? Okay. And and for those of you that um, so we really would love for you to come, but I also we also want you to feel free to um, take rest if that's what your uh, that's what you're you're inclined to. But it is really sweet. It's really sweet to end the evening with chanting, I will, I will say. And that said, also, there'll be an optional sit in the morning. This, this may be more appealing to those um, um, on the eastern side of things. Um, but there will be a sit at uh, just completely silent at 9 o'clock. I'll be there since Cynthia will be opening up the room. And if you'd like to come in, we'll just sit for uh, 9 to 9.30 and then... Um, you know we'll, we'll gather as a whole group at 10 in the morning so I think that's it for the announcements at um, unless I've forgotten something uh, we will we'll have about a uh, we'll come back at 8 30 about 13 minutes so if you need a little stretch or you want to do a little nice walking or get some fresh air uh, we'll see you in uh, about at 8 30 about 13 minutes thank you Thank you for your practice, everyone.